Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hi, I'm Zivi Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This 30-minute podcast features a new author interviewed by me every single day, 365 days a year for about 30 minutes. I am also the publisher for Zibby Books, which publishes 12 books a year in fiction and memoir. Our books are already out now. And you can check it out on zibbybooks.com. And we have a magazine called Zibby Mag, where we have lots of wonderful essays and lifestyle features. That's at zibbymag.com. We have classes at zibbyclasses.com. And I recently opened a bookstore in LA called Zibby's Bookshop at 1113 Montana Avenue at 11th Street in Santa Monica. I hope that you are able to enjoy some of our other offerings. But this here podcast is the basis of all of it and started in 2018. And no matter what I do, this is basically my favorite thing. Enjoy. Nguyen Phan K. May is the author of Dust Child. Born and raised in Vietnam, she is the author of the international bestseller, The Mountain Sing, runner-up for the 2021 Dayton Literary Peace Prize, winner of the 2020 Book Browse Best Debut Award, the 2021 International Book Awards, the 2021 Penn Oakland Josephine Miles Literary Award, and the 2020 Lennon Literary Award Fellowship for Fiction. She has published 12 books of poetry, fiction, and nonfiction in Vietnamese and English, and has received some of the top literary prizes in Vietnam, 
including the Poetry of the Year 2010 from the Hanoi Writers Association. Her writing has been translated into 20 languages and has appeared in major publications, including the New York Times. She has a PhD in creative writing from Lancaster University. Her new novel, Dust Child, has been selected as a best book of 2023 by Reader's Digest and Cosmopolitan, a best book of March slash spring 2023 by the Los Angeles Times, Amazon, Library Journal, the Chicago Review of Books, Ms. Magazine, BookPage, Apple Books, The Times, Red Magazine, The Buzz Magazines, and Sydney Morning Herald. It has also been voted by booksellers around the U.S. as an Indie Next great read. She is a tireless advocate for the rights of disadvantaged groups in Vietnam and was named by Forbes Vietnam one of the 20 inspiring women of 2021. Welcome, Quay Mai. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss Dust Child, your amazing new novel. Thank you so much, Zippy, for having me on your podcast. I have so much admiration for you and the energy that you've been having. Congratulations on your recent award and the opening of your bookshop. You give so much to the world and thank you for championing, you know, uh, writers as well. You've done so much for us. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for saying that. <laughs> we'll talk, I mean, talk about energy. You worked on Dust Child for, what, seven years with so much research and your PhD and all of it. I'm so impressed. I was really moved by the book. And I even was talking about it on a podcast I did recently with Beth Ann Patrick about how much we both really enjoyed the book. Oh. So yeah, I'm I'm super impressed. And, you know, it's really good, really, really good. But you probably know that, but it's probably nice to hear. <laughs> Thank you so much. You know, like um, writing this book was challenging because, first of all, you know, English is not my first language. So I only had the chance to learn English from my eighth grade. And, uh, you know, and but uh, for years I worked as a translator and I was looking for a novel to translate until one day I told myself, why don't I write that novel myself? <laughs> and that started the crazy journey of the mountain thing. So when I wrote The Mountain Sing, I, for years I couldn't find an agent because, you know, people thought the story was too difficult to sell. And then, you know, when the world tells you no, you just keep going. So I kept fighting to tell my story. So I went on to write Dust Child before I had an agent and a publisher. So I kept working on it and it also took me a long time. But I was really compelled by the real life stories that I witnessed because, you know, uh, during the past several years, I helped people reunite in the you know, during the Vietnam War, so many mixed race children were born and a lot of them were abandoned. And many of them, tens of thousands of them have been looking for their parents. And, you know, having the chance to work with them has been a privilege. And I saw so much courage, you know, so much hope in them that I was compelled to write this novel to document what they have gone through. The Amerasians, the mixed race people who are, you know, in Vietnam and also their parents, you know, what drove their parents into the situations where they had to abandon their kids. Wow. Well, this is such a perfect example of how taking a specific story of, of like one person's life, a few, well, here, a few different people's lives, how it takes history and just changes it so much and from something abstract to so specific and emotional and all of it, whether it's you know, feeling like I'm the man on the former helicopter pilot going back to Vietnam and having PTSD and trying to get through this horrible plane ride or 
being in the field with blisters on my hands. I mean, it's so real the way you write. Like, it's just so sensory oriented and well described. I don't know. It felt just absolutely immersive and educational at the same time. Oh, thank you so much for saying that. It means a lot to me. I mean, you know, a lot of the descriptions uh, come from the real life scenes I have seen. You know, you just talked about my writing about the American veteran Dan who returns to Vietnam after more than uh, 46 years and unknown to his wife, who is traveling with him. He has a child in Vietnam with a Vietnamese woman during the war that now he wants to look for. So, you know, in writing about him, it was challenging, but also I had to write it because for years I've been working with American veterans, you know. I accompanied them uh, to their visits to the battlefield, former oh. battlefield. I translated for their reunions with former enemies. And also, you know, Actually, quite a few, you know, well-known American uh, writers lost their youth in Vietnam. You know, for example, Bruce Weigel or Tim O'Brien, they they were like young men when they had to go to Vietnam. And, you know, Bruce Weigel, who, who is a finalist for the Pulitzer Prize for Poetry, told me he lost his youth in Vietnam but gained his voice. After Vietnam, he uh, started to, to write about the horror of war to call for the war to end. So, you know, so I was uh, very much compelled to translate, you know, the writing of writers like Bruce Weigel into Vietnamese. And I took him around Vietnam and held events and poetry readings for him. And that was one of the most life-changing experiences I had because, you know, the people who once fought against him came together at these poetry readings and they shared their common humanity, you know, and it's it's just unbelievable. And, you know, the stories that I witnessed at, at these events really changed me as a person too. And I was very much compelled, you know, to write about war, to call for peace, because I think as a human race, we have done enough to each other. Look at the war in Ukraine at the moment. It's devastating. Just, I, I just, like every day I think about the citizens, you know, who have to survive of the bombs and um, and the difficult situation that they have to live under. And it's devastating. And as a child, you know, I remember when I was six years old, I was standing on my village road and I was looking at the, it was just after the Vietnam War, you know, and the, the war, you know, killed uh, like three million people, Vietnamese, Americans, you know, Cambodians, Laotians, you know, people from so many nationalities. And, you know, at that time I was small and I was looking, standing on my village road and I was looking at the bomb craters around me and the people who had lost their arms and legs and relatives. And I told myself as a little girl, the human race could not be so stupid to wage another war. I firmly believed in that. And I I cannot believe that how many wars are still going on now. It's true. It's 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 really unthinkable like that we still are doing that in this day and age and it's just horrible. You know, you had one comment in the book to your point about meeting former enemies that that part of the reunion is getting to know people who they had had to dehumanize in their heads so that they could get through the killing. Like there's no other way. They just had to believe 
something different that these people couldn't also have feelings and emotions and all that. I'm now extrapolating, but yeah. But tell me about that. Exactly. You know, like dehumanization is the weapon of war, mm-hmm. you know, for, for soldiers to kill the other side easily. The armies had to use propaganda to dehumanize the other side that, you know, that we are not equal that the other side, you know, I, I mean, you know, growing up in Vietnam, I was uh, told that, you know, American soldiers didn't have feelings. They were just killing machines. I was taught that. And I mean, you know, in our textbooks, there were really horrific scenes about, you know, all of the the horror that could happen. Of course, some of that is true. But I think as a writer, I wanted, you know, to bring in the forefront the humanity of all sides, you know, because the soldiers who had to participate in the war, they were young you know, and they were taught different things. And I mean, if we look at everyone in their human capacity, we could have more human compassion, you know. In my first book, The Mountain Sing, uh, I have this um, young girl, Hương, who loves reading. And he, and do, during the war in Vietnam, when her fa- her parents were at war with the Americans, she was at home waiting for their return. And then she and her grandma brought home, you know, books from America, you know, that had been translated into Vietnamese. And Hương started reading these books. And she fell in love with the American people, with American culture. And she she had resented them before. And then she told herself, if everyone is willing to read each other and see into the light of all the culture, there would be no war on mm-hmm. earth. And, you know, on the contrary, also, you know, there have been American uh, veterans who told me that, you know, they were told to 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 look down on Vietnamese people and Vietnamese culture, you know, when they were about to come to Vietnam. You know, for example, there's this veteran who who told me that on his plan to Vietnam, he was worried about killing Vietnamese people because he was a young man, you know, going to Vietnam and not knowing about the country. And his his leader actually told him, don't worry about killing the Vietnamese. They have been at war with each, with other people for, for hundreds of years. They don't love their families like we love ours, you know. And then when he arrived in Vietnam, you know, he didn't have a chance to make friends with Vietnamese people. And, you know, and it's, you know, sometimes when we are, we do that to each other, you know, and I think, I think it's really, you know, my viewpoint is that we are all children of Mother Earth. And we should love each other more than than find reasons to fight against each other. Because wars are really costly. Mm-hmm. That too. And it costs taxpayers money, not just taxpayers money, but also, you know, lives and also trauma that is inherited for generations to come. Yes. The costs are not properly evaluated, perhaps, at the outset. Well, the whole notion of the Amerasians who were treated so badly, especially children of Black Americans with Vietnamese who were so degraded and taunted at school. And you have one scene where a young boy is scrubbing frantically to try to take his skin color off, which just broke my heart. And how even though they wanted to meet their parents or leave the country, they had to get a letter from their proving who their parents were, which of course is impossible. When, um, so they were all first, you know, just treated so terribly and then prevented from seeking a, a better life. It's like the worst 
of all worlds mm -hmm. um, for mm -hmm. some of the people. Tell me what it was like in your conversations with them as grownups coming to terms with their childhood and sort of how they make sense of it all now. Mm. So when I started researching into this novel, I was shocked to know how many of them, how many Amerasians are illiterate because they did not have the chance to school. So that's child is actually the, the title comes from the, the term uh, in Vietnamese, children of the dust, which is used for Amerasians, um, you know, homeless Amerasians because they were homeless. So they were called Buidai or the dust of life. But, you know, this, this book proves that no one is the children of the dust. You know, everyone deserves love and respect. So from the Black Amerasian in my novel, even though he went through a lot, but, you know, he's a carpenter, he's he's a musician of Vietnamese traditional music. So I want to write beyond these people as victims. And as you said, you know, they have been through so much. You know, first of all, a lot of them were rejected by the society because they were considered by many people as, as remnants of the American invasion or remnants of the enemy or children of the enemy. So they were look down upon and also a lot of people consider that you know they were children of the women who who slept around with american soldiers you know so so these amerasians were very much rejected and discriminated against and there were a lot of racism against black amerasians as well and you know because of that discrimination and racism the American government implemented something called the American Homecoming Act mm -hmm. that allowed uh, Americans to immigrate to America. So, you know, with the implementation of the act in the early 90s, Americans could immigrate to the U.S. and could bring along family members. So, you know, many Vietnamese at that time tried to escape Vietnam. So they started to use Americans as tickets you know, so they were buying and selling Americans. Can you believe it? So in my book, I document these really horrific experiences that because Americans who were young and illiterate needed help to get out of Vietnam because paperwork was very difficult. So they needed help. So they were tricked into, you know, accepting strangers as family members to be able to go to the U.S. And, you know, so overnight from the children of the dust they became children of gold so they were sold and they were traded and uh, quite a few of them in reality went to the U.S. with people who when they succeeded in arriving in the U.S. abandoned them once more because you know they did not consider them as adopted family members so Americans have certainly you know gone through a lot of trauma have suffered so much but I have seen so much courage in them you know in my book I also uh, talk about successful Americans you know some of them have become really wonderful singers and I know an Americans in real life who's who's a, an award-winning um film director so you know I, I think everyone regardless of our um, our situation and now we have something to contribute to our society and I, I, I want to highlight you know the humanity and and the incredible things that Amerasians can contribute to our society if if we accept them and endorse them and embrace them and they should be embraced. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. What, what is it like now? Like, is there still stigma attached or is, is it, has enough time gone by that it's not like that anymore? Um, there's still stigma attached, you know. I mean, Vietnam is, um, you know, uh, in in Vietnam, mixed marriages are still quite uncommon. So mixed race people are still, you know, still looked at dif- very differently. And especially, you know, uh, mixed place like um, half black people, you know, there's still racism against skin color, for example. So I talk about that in in a mo- novel including in the current situation. At the moment, the, the situation is better, but because Americans have experienced discrimination and racism for so many years, they lack access to a lot of opportunities like the Americans families that I know in Vietnam. Quite a few of them are struggling to make ends meet and their children also can't afford to go to school because mm-hmm. if the parents are poor and illiterate, you know, and live in the countryside and they don't have access to opportunities, you know, this will lead to consequences with their children as well. So the situation is is not that easy. So most of the Americans have actually migrated to the U.S. So in the U.S., uh, quite a few of them are doing well, but there are also uh, quite a few homeless Americans mm-hmm. or Americans who are struggling because of the, the, the trauma that they carry with them. My goodness. How did you take care of your own feelings and emotions while you were digging through this and working in person with people with PTSD and all of it and and these reunions how do you leave that translator job or in this case you know when you're actually writing the book and you know move on with your own life how do you how do you process all of that you know uh, this book is also it's very much about trauma but it's also finding the pathway to healing mm-hmm. so you know i talk about 
you know, I mean, for me, I balance difficult, you know, research uh, process and writing about trauma with music, with poetry, with joy, with nature. So mm-hmm. I also bring a lot of that into the book, you know, and I also have fun writing against colonialism, you know, the colonization of Vietnam. For example, Mr. Tian, the tour guide in my novel, says this about the French uh, invasion of Vietnam. When France invaded Vietnam, they brought bread. We took the bread and made it better. <laughs> so if you have eaten Vietnamese, you know, sandwich, bánh mì, I hope you agree with me that it's better than French sandwich. <laughs> so Vietnamese, you know, that's why I said when France invaded Vietnam, we they brought bread, we took the bread and made it better. So Vietnamese sandwich, bánh mì, is made from French baguette. You know, we 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 learned the, the the way to make the bread from them because traditionally we eat rice only. But we took the bread from the French and now we turn it into bang me. You know, <laughs> in 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 that French baguette we put you know roasted pork, we put chili, coriander, you know, a pickle, carrots, and a lot of delicious things. So. Uh, yeah, Vietnamese, bang me is one of my favorite food. So I talk a lot about food. I also talk about, you know, music. I talk about poetry and literature in the book as well. So there are quite a few joyful moments in, in the book. And, you know, I, I want to present Vietnam beyond the war. So that's why, you know, it's important for me to bring all of these cultural elements into the book as well. That's amazing. So describe how you like to write and what it looks like for you. Are you working at your desk in the library, computer, handwritten? Like, what does that all look like? So I don't have the privilege of living near a library mm. because I I am currently based in Kyrgyzstan in Central Asia, where if there are libraries, they, they have books in Russian and Kyrgyzstan language. So because I'm married to a German diplomat, so I've been, you know, traveling around the world. So, you know, my writing life really saved me because for years I was like, you know, looking for a job wherever my husband was posted to. And then one day, you know, I I went back to to school and I studied, you know, creative writing because I wanted to bring my career with me. And Mm -hmm. I'm so lucky that now I can... I, I can work as a writer because I can have that uh, writing career on the road with me. So I wrote Das Child through so many countries. I started writing us it when we were in Belgium. And then I continued when we were in Indonesia. And I finished it when we were in uh, Kyrgyzstan. So this this book is is a product of my travel, you know, my, my life in three different countries. And... I rode on the plane, <laughs> on the car, on the train, because we we move a lot, and each time of moving is challenging. But you know, um, uh, writing really calms me down, and it's like meditation almost. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. so I really need it. So you know, like when I started, um, so you know, I like to write the books that I want to read. Mm-hmm. So that's why I have multiple timelines and multiple perspectives. And so that, you know, I can create suspense. So so normally, you know, with Das Child and also my first novel, The Mountain Sing, I did not know the endings. Mm. So the endings totally shocked me. <laughs> but but I feel like, you know, as a writer, I want to write. I want to be surprised every day as I uh, sit down and work on my book because I think unless 
I can surprise myself, I can't surprise the readers. So yeah, the ending of Dust Chai really shocked me. I didn't know that it would end like that. (laughs) (laughs) And thank you so much for reading my book so carefully. I mean, you have so many authors and so many books coming at you. (laughs) You read it so carefully and you you also recommended it uh, to to many places. So thank you. Good Morning America, you you recommended there as well. It's really good. It's really good. What advice would you have for aspiring authors? Write the stories that make you sleepless, that refuse to be ignored. Write stories that matter to you and don't think about selling the book or, or, or don't think about finding readers for it. Because if you write something that matters to you, that, that will keep you going. You know, for myself, the reason I found I, I had to write Dust Child is that these stories refused to sleep. And mm. actually, when, when I wrote this book, there were times that my husband told me this book is going to kill you because <laughs> I I was, you know, when I was writing it, there, there were times I, you know, I didn't sleep much. You know, mm-hmm. when my husband went to bed, I was at my writing desk and uh, when he woke up, I was still at the desk and he said, did you ever sleep? <laughs> and I said, yeah, I did. But the characters were calling me. They were saying, you know, get up and write. Our stories can't sleep unless you tell them. But how about you, ZB? How are you managing your your job as a writer, as a bookshop owner, as a, you know, broadcaster? You do so many things. How How do you have time to write? How do you carve out that time and you have... I don't. I don't. I I miss it. I miss writing. I did my novel in like discrete times where I could clear a whole day. And I had even a weekend where I had to clear three days so I could just get stuff done. But I don't know. I, I squeeze it in around the edges and... I don't have a lot of time, so I don't take a lot of time. Like I know I have to get it done, so I get it done. And, you know, I can fix it in editing and things like that. But... um. I don't know. I'm just kind of doing my best. And uh, (laughs) I mean, I really, I like it, but you know, my book is not, I don't write the way you write your, you know, this book could win like the national book award type of thing. That's not what I'm after. You know, my writing is very much like our conversation. I could just, I write the way I talk and it's very informal. (laughs) I love your novel. I love your writing. You are a very unique writer. So we need to hear more from you. I can't wait to read your next book. Oh, thank you. Please give us, you know, another book and and uh, carve out the time because you have done so much for others. Oh, I know. <laughs> Thank you. That's really nice. I would like to. I'm trying to uh, get my head above water here and figure out what to focus on most. But um, no, I do love it. And I, I will not give it up because I do it. Even if it's dribs and drabs on Instagram, it's still a little bit of writing each day, you know, like just even a paragraph just to keep it going. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, I mean, you know, uh, being a published writer is tough. And, you know, like for, for you, you have to do so many other things. I, I mean, that's why I'm amazed because, you know, you are also like, you know, managing your bookshop and setting it up. And, you know, like, I, I don't know how you can do all of that. Yeah. But I, I do have I a, te- I have a great team. I do have a great team. <laughs> I do have a team. But yes, yeah. I'm still all over the place. But yes. So, but but we need you to write as well. And I appreciate all the things that you do, but <laughs> I need you to write as well. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're... I love... Thank you. That's really nice. I love your novel. 
and uh, I can't wait for another one. Oh, thank you. Okay. Well, thank you. This was so wonderful and congratulations. And I'm just looking forward to seeing this book soar in so many ways. So congrats. Thank you so much, Zippy, on, um, you know, for the honor of the conversation with you. I've been admiring you for years. So Aww. this is a great honor. Thank oh my you. Gosh. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank yeah, you. Because like, because, you know, uh, I'm only here thanks to women like you or thanks to people like you who who uplift my voice because, you know, I, I don't live in the U.S. or in the U.K. So the chance for me to present my book is is limited. You know, I'm disadvantaged because I, I don't live there. So I don't have easy access to a lot of opportunities. So thank you for having me on the podcast and having my book in your bookshop and for recommending Das Jide. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Well, I hope to stay in touch. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> okay. Great to talk to you. Really, I'm amazing. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at zibbyowens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.